Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We're glad to have you live on this, uh, I think, yes, it is, Saturday before Thanksgiving. Have to make sure all these days come so fast right now. And a welcome to our program. We'd love to have you call us live. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and you'll get to uh, you'll get to talk to Jared if you call right now. We were just comparing games that are on uh, the docket for football uh, in this day, and I'm, I'm not oblivious to the rest of the world. I know some of you are going to be watching football later today, and maybe right now. And uh, you can turn down the TV and, and give me a call, and I'll try to make it quick for you and get you on about your life, and some of you don't care about the games that are on today or don't care about the games that are on currently anyway, so give me a call. It's 888-256-1080. We're talking gardening. I need to specify that up front. I'm not talking football. Certainly couldn't carry a conversation on that um, at all. You you would be bored to tears. Uh, Gardening, I can probably keep up with many of you. Hope so. I've been doing this program 45 years now, and and uh, variations of this program at various places. I have four programs uh, currently around the state in various times. I do this one live from 11 until noon. I have uh, two in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, one from a, uh, one until 3 this afternoon on one of the local DFW stations, another one on a different local DFW station uh, tomorrow morning from 8 until 10. And then uh, I have a daily five-minute program that I've been doing for uh, well, let's see, I recorded program number 11,000-something uh, last night, and that's uh, weekdays, and that goes to about 35 stations across the state of Texas. So a lot of different things that I do, and I love doing radio. I never dreamed I'd do radio, never had any training for it in uh, in school. I got two degrees in horticulture to be the best grower in the world, and failed miserably at that. I never tried. I went into extension work and a lot of that involved media horticulture and I found that I enjoyed that. So that's what brings us together here today. 888-256-1080. Enough about my sordid past. I would love to hear from you and I hope you will pick up that phone and and give us a call right now. Jared will check with you and, and see where you're calling from. Pardon the grammar and what the topic is about. And, and then we'll We'll get on with the program. I'll try to keep you on hold as short a time as possible, and I will try to give you a good, concise answer as quickly as possible. It helps if you know what the plant is. You know, it's uh, you call a veterinarian, and he or she is probably going to want to know what the animal is. And uh, then uh, the uh, symptoms, if you're having a problem or if you just need a recommendation, I uh, need to know the, the setting in which the plant will be grown and certainly the city in which that plant will be grown. That's what we have, and uh, I love doing this. So let me help you if I can. If you're trying to replant after uh, last uh, February's cold spell, that's uh, something I specialize in now. I've been doing that all year. If you uh, want to know how to protect plants for the wintertime ahead, I'll be glad to help you with that. If you just uh, want to know uh, how to care for Christmas flowers, let me know about that. Those are some of the topics we can talk about. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'm going to take a a chance and assume that there will be some calls coming in. I'll get my first break out of the way so we can get right to those calls as they arrive. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. My Christmas special offer is available to you. Uh, It's uh, the perfect gift that will be used and remembered for years. 344 pages 
840 of my best photographs, all put together in one hardback printed on high-quality paper. I sign every copy of the book as it sells. It covers everything about outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. It has 11 chapters that cover lawns and landscapes, flowers, fruit, and vegetables. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all the plants that you're growing. Now, your satisfaction with the book is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. And I will tell you that 71,000 copies sold so far, not one request for a refund. The book is $36.95 plus tax and postage, and it makes a great holiday gift. I get swamped as Christmas approaches, so I want to remind you the first book is regular price if you'd like to buy a couple as gifts. The second and third books to the same mailing address are only $31.95 each. You save $5 per book. By shipping together, you'll also save on the postage. If you want to order right now, I'll be signing uh, tomorrow afternoon and evening and uh, also on Monday. And we'll get them in the mail probably Wednesday. It's going to take me a little while. I'm just a little bit behind, but we'll get it out, out before Thanksgiving. Here are the two ways you can order. One way is at my website. Oh, that is the better way. That's 800, uh, that's uh, neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The other way is to call my office Monday or Tuesday, and that is 800-752-GROW. Now, the book is not in stores and not in, on Amazon. And again, your satisfaction, since you haven't seen the book probably, is completely guaranteed or you'll get a full refund. NeilSperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com or call 800-752-GROW. Neil Sperry's. Texas Garden, Lone Star Gardening. Sorry, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I think I'd remember as many times as I've told you about it. I hope you'll, uh, hope you'll get it. Love to sign it for you. Let me uh, tell you right now about Mueller. Mueller is a, uh, a great sponsor to have because they represent tip-top quality, and I love having them on the air with me. Why should you pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable, and they offer a permanent storage solution right there in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 trim colors uh, colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller Standard Series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops to big barns, these pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at Mueller, Inc., M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller. They uh, are just the best it gets. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. I'll have more after this message. Hi, right, Kelly. Thank you very much. Kelly Robinson there, my friend of many, many years. Welcome. You are my friend of whatever time it is, and I'm proud of that. We have one line open, uh, two lines open right now if you'd like to call. Two up, two down. So give us a call. It's 888-256-1080. Kelly just told you that same number. 
888-256-1080. We begin with Julie from Las Cruces, New Mexico, motoring across Texas right now. Julie, how can I help you this morning? Good morning. Hi. Um, we just bought a home, and um, it has a bougainvillea plant that's planted right next to the wall, and it's starting to grow up. Uh, and I've been looking at different YouTube videos about how to prune it, and I'm getting very different, varied advice. So my question is how to properly prune the plant. That way I can get it to grow up the wall and maybe like across. Okay. And this is in Las Cruces? Yes. And how so it's cold? it's about the same climate as, as New Mexico. Um, it doesn't freeze very often, maybe like once or twice a year. It's lucky, if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, I would like to do a little bit of research on that. Bougainvilliers cannot stand freezing weather at all. Do you have any, is this in an atrium or any kind of a protected location? It is up against a, 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 a stucco wall, yes. And it's kind of in a little um, a courtyard. All right. Do you have any sense that this has been there more than, um, was it there last February? Well, we just moved into the house, but it looks like it's been there a while because it's probably up to like, I would say like eight feet, 10 feet high. They grow rapidly. Julie, I would be amazed. I would be dazzled if it would make it through a winter for you. I really don't want to ruin your day. <laughs> but bougainvilleas grow north in Texas only where it doesn't freeze. Now, if you had it in an enclosed courtyard where there was a roof over it, and uh, maybe I'm talking about, I know Texas, I, I garden in Texas. My program is, uh, you know, called Texas Gardening. If you were along the Texas Gulf Coast and north to San Antonio, maybe in a really mm-hmm. protected spot in Austin. I grew up in College Station. No way. I tried bougainvilleas. I tried them every way I could, and they froze. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a mild winter, Maybe. But if okay. it goes to 28 degrees, it's gone. If it goes to 32 degrees and it's directly exposed, it's gone. And so I, I just don't want to break your heart later. I'd rather be honest with you up front. I've always made it my policy to be honest with people. So you need to take pre- precaution to cover it with whatever it takes to keep it from going below 32 degrees where it is. And I, I can't imagine... Um, in my next break, I will do a little Googling to see, keep listening. I'll do a little Googling to see what the lowest temperature, uh, in the last 10 years in Las Cruces was, um, the, the, the parts of El Paso and, and, um, even Alpine, I know surprised me sometimes out in West Texas, high as Alpine is, I, I have a fetish for Alpine because my folks lived there for a long time, right about before I was born and mm-hmm. adopted but uh, uh, anyway sometimes they surprise me in in how they avoid some of the cold that the rest of the eastern part of of our state uh stays warm but amarillo lubbock get really cold and and so let me yeah. see what i can do but but just be forewarned that 32 degrees now as far as pruning is concerned i would save the pruning for late winter uh, you try to do as uh, as little pruning as you can, but they uh, there are different varieties of bougainvilleas, and they grow uh, very much differently. Some are are huge, 
and some are, are very compact. And so you have to know the variety and how what its potential is. I just would not let it overwhelm. It is your servant. You are not its servant. And so if it's starting to grow where you don't want it, you're going to need to prune it and keep it in bounds. Don't let it go up over eaves. Don't let it flop out in the middle of the courtyard uh, because they're pretty wicked with the with the thorns. And right. Just okay. keep it keep it in bounds. But I would save. Well, it, it, you don't want it out there in the in the winter time. So if you need to prune it now, go ahead and do it. If you need to prune it so that it is more uh, expedient to to cover it with frost cloth or with whatever you have to use to protect it, uh, do that as well. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I don't have the complete. Uh, temperature uh, information on Las Cruces. I've never had a call from Las Cruces before, but <laughs> no I will. Problem. Yeah, but I will. I will do the research in the next break. I'll have two minutes to do that, and I will do that. So keep okay. listening, and I'll see what I can find for you. Thank you. a girl. Drive safely. Okay. Let me go to Stephen in Amarillo. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Stephen. That break may come sooner than I thought it would. He wants to know when to replant dormant miniature fruit trees. You there, Stephen? All right. So he has uh, abandoned. Sometimes uh, cell phone calls drop, and sometimes people assume they're going to have to wait for hours. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll give him a chance to call back just in case he uh, will do that, and, and uh, we'll go to break right now and see if we can resurrect Stephen. Uh, we have open lines. If you'd like to call, I have a couple of open lines at 888-256-1080. Give a call right now, won't you please? I'm Neil Sperry. This is the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, Texas and Las Cruces Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Love to hear from you right now. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email. It's every Thursday. We're, we're going to try to get it out on, uh, on Tuesday night this week. Uh, because of Thanksgiving, I, I kind of sense that isn't going to be anybody opening an electronic garden newsletter on Thanksgiving evening, you think? So we're going to try to send it out Tuesday. The problem is that Gretchen and I, who put it together, I do all the writing. Gretchen does the assembly of, of what I write. And I kind of sense that uh, she's tired. We're exhausted from the book signings and mailings. But we're going to do this. We're going to get it out. It has to go out. And so Tuesday is our deadline. Watch for it to come Tuesday evening about 6. Otherwise, the other weeks of the year, it's every Thursday at 6 p.m. There always is a featured plant of the week. There always is a featured question of the week. And there always is gardening this weekend where I point out the things you need to get done in the ensuing three or four days. In this case, it'll be the ensuing week. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's free and always will be. There is no paid version of it uh, where you get an upgrade. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Neil Sperry's eGardens. If you want to see what it looks like, go to my website. That's where you sign up for it and click on the eGardens tab. While you're at the website, that's where you also get that special offer on the book. And that's where you can see my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. I'll talk about those things in a few minutes. But Neil Sperry's eGardens. And uh, take a look at the most recent issue, which went out 36 hours ago. Neil Sperry's eGardens at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Well, I spent my two minutes trying to find the lowest temperature in um, uh, in uh, Las Cruces, and it looks like it averages uh, 
at or below freezing in January. So I, I'm surprised on the bougainvillea, especially after last winter when we had the extreme cold in February. And I think that cold tended to be east. It was one of those deals where it went from, from, uh, uh, the axis of the panhandle eastward across the south, clear across the south. I don't, I don't know that it was that far. I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention that far west. But I would, uh, I would be very cautious with a bougainvillea. I think it may be an annual, a tropical annual. Better to grow them in pots where you can bring them in when it gets cold than to leave them attached to a wall somewhere. Uh, so, Jared, is uh, Stephen back or not back? All right. So the question he had, uh, I, I normally don't answer questions if somebody abandons because I just assume they're not listening any longer. But when to replant dormant miniature fruit trees, if you... Or transplanting a a, uh, a fruit tree, uh, it needs to be done while it is dormant. So that's the winter time. And if, in Amarillo, they've had hard freezes, so that would be now through uh, early February, mid February in Amarillo, early February the rest of the state. Um, if you're just transplanting one that's in a container, which sometimes uh, would be the way you would grow a dormant, uh, a, a miniature fruit tree, you can repot them anytime if they're pot to pot. But if you're if digging one out of the ground and moving it that's done in the winter time let's go to david in amarillo david this is neil do you know Stephen? what happened to him how can i help you this I morning don't know. David? <laughs> i don't uh, know either I've, <laughs> I've got an old uh country that we transplanted from morton texas 40 years ago and uh i was wondering it's got a bunch of i've got a bunch of small trees coming up from seed and i wonder what's the best plan to transplant some of those all right, and so these are are flat out seedlings. They're not sprouts off the mother tree. No, no, there's some squirrels. We have a few squirrel up here, actually. <laughs> you bet. I bet. I bet they get hungry. Um, yeah. You would uh, dig those in the in the winter. It's pretty much the same answer. Dig them in the winter while they're dormant, and uh, they're going to have deep tap roots, as you know. That's the way a pecan begins yep. with by sending that deep tap root. The most success you'll have will be with ones that are uh, fairly short still, hopefully not more than mm-hmm. knee-high or so, and uh, do it yep. when they're really moist or, or soak the soil really well before you do the digging. Wait a couple days and then dig them at that point. If there's any way to hold soil around the roots, that would be great. Um, if if you feel like you've cut a lot of roots or broken roots in, in transplanting, I would cut the tops back. They're going to send up a new shoot to be a new trunk anyway. And if there is a crook in the trunk, uh, because you've made that pruning cut, it will quickly be absorbed as the new trunk grows and gets larger and just swallows up that crook. So that's no big deal. Um, but do it during the wintertime. Would it be good to pop them? Or if you know where you're going to put them, there's no no advantage in potting them. Okay. Just just do it all, all right. at one time. The reason there it would be more difficult to pot them is that you're going to have that deep tap root, and the more of it you can take, the the better for the tree, and the more difficult it would be right. to put it in a pot. Right. Yeah, my wife when we she dug, we dug that up in Morton in July. She brought a flew back on a on an airplane with it in a suitcase and planted it. His oh my years. So it was it, it was a it was a freak. 
it is a freak in all respects. That's a big change for That's that poor tree to come from Wharton to, to Amarillo. It's, it's got to be That's saying, wow, what happened to me when winter came? And then also to uh, to survive a July transplanting. How big was it? I know. It was about, oh, it fit in a suitcase of taffer. It was about 18 inches long, and the top was about foot. The fact it was so so young, that's what helped it. So good yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, good luck with anyway. them. Oh, I appreciate it. All You're right, welcome. You, Thank you. Let's go to Carla in Alpine. Carla, this is Neil. How's my friend Carla? Oh, are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. There was a funny noise. How are you doing today, Neil? I'm the funny noise. I'm doing fine. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> well, last year, as you may or may not recall, since you do have quite a few phone calls, you helped me save the fig that my dad, late father, had brought from Dallas, Texas when he moved to Alpine. So it came back beautifully after following your instructions. But I have a question about the fruit now. The fig fruit has developed a very tough outside skin and a very thick layer underneath that. And then you get down to the fruit part, which tastes perfectly normal. But is this a result of surviving that horrid weather last February? That may very well be, Carla. Um, You've had good fruit on it other years, correct? Yes. And so this is a dramatic change. My guess would be that you're correct, and it also could be a relation to extended drought. You had a really long period of drought, didn't you? Yes, we did. Are you pretty sure that you kept it uh, just perfectly watered all this year? I, I absolutely. It has it was on the top of my priority list. Okay. Since it is. <laughs> With my father's. Sure, I understand. I I kind of suspected that, but if it got too dry a time or two, that could also account for toughening of the fruit. Mm-hmm. So I, I was going to say it's one or the other of the two, probably then I'm going to lean toward the, the weather, if it changed that dramatically. Because figs are rooted from cuttings. They are genetically the same. It's not like it, uh, if it, if it had freeze damage, it's not like it died back to a rootstock. The rootstock is the same as the old top. And so nothing has changed uh, other than the damage from the weather. Okay. Do you think that will rectify? Oh, I think so. I hope so. Just keep taking good care of it, and I would think it will. I hope so. I'm not the world expert on figs. Figs are a little bit mysterious because of the nature (laughs) of their fruit. They're they're just they're kind of weird. There's a really good fact sheet from Texas A&M that you might want to look at. Let me get you the fact, the number of it. I keep it bookmarked. Uh, in fact, I can do it. Oh, cool. Yeah, hang on. Let me pull up a search engine, and I can have okay. it in just a moment for you. They have all of their uh, fruit and pecan fact sheets on one hub uh, where they're all alphabetically list, listed. It is, uh, here's the, the, the sheet number. This is the document number EHT Edward, um, Harry Truman dash 019. And it is just called figs and it's, uh, written by Jim Camas, K-A-M-A-S, Monty Nesbitt and Larry Stein. And those three guys are the the gurus of all fruit in Texas with Extension Service. Perfect. If you Google that, you'll have everything that the world needs to know about figs in Texas. 
Oh, well, I appreciate it. And one last thing, I want to put in a plug for your new book, because I kept telling everybody in my family that's what they could buy me for birthday or anniversary or Christmas or anything else they could think of. And they just all kept forgetting to get me one. So I finally ordered my own, and I'm in love with it. Oh, it's arrived? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good because I I signed it and and uh, I, I took it to the post office myself. It has been I've I about killed myself trying to get these things to the post office. They are heavy. <laughs> you take four hundred fifty of them at a time. They are heavy. So, no joke. <laughs> well, well, thank you, Carla, very very much. Thanks for the nice comment. Okay. Well, you take care and have happy holidays and all of that good we stuff. We shall. Okay, Same Neil? to you. Same to you. I'll be out to see you one of these days. Take care. All right. Uh, you still have Stephen up for me. Is that uh, because he is now called back or what? Oh, all right. I'm not going to ask again. So, All right, folks, we have lines open if you'd like to call. This is your chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your chance. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. Why don't you call right now? All right, let me tell you about my book. It is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. You know, my old book was The Complete Guide to Texas Gardening. I was happy with that when I did it in 1982 and then redid it in 1991. That is the last time I touched that book. And I decided I'm not going to do that book a third time. And the reason was that the the company sold to another company out of state and they just didn't have that warm, fuzzy feeling with uh, working with the publisher. And plus, I really was kind of tired of committee meetings where other people said, no, we want you to do this, want you to do that, because it, it didn't feel like my book when a committee made decisions based on bottom line. I wanted, I knew what I wanted the book to look like. I knew what it, I wanted it to include. And this book is that. that this is the book I wanted the first uh, time. 40 years ago. This book is completely up to date. It has everything in it that I feel you need to be successful in gardening. It has 344 pages, 840 of my best photographs. It's a hardback printed on high-quality paper. I sign every copy as it sells. It's self-published. It is not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. Those are by my choice. That way I can sign every copy as it sells. And I've sold 71,000 copies so far. That's about to get to 72,000 copies. They're really selling fast right now. And uh, that guarantee of satisfaction has been there all the while. And with all those sold, not one request for a refund. I'm, I'm just humbled by that. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, confidence in the book. And for all of you who have said, I have one, I'm ordering it now for my kids or for my sister or whatever, thank you for that. Chapter 2 of the 11 chapters is a 48-page calendar. I've never put that in a book before. It tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all the plants that you're growing. Now, the book makes a great holiday gift. It's thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. If you'd like to buy a second and a third book to give as gifts, they are only thirty-one ninety-five each with that first book at regular price. First one at thirty-six ninety-five, second and third at thirty-one ninety-five. You save five dollars each book. Uh, satisfaction guaranteed, as I said. There are two ways you can order it since it's not in stores and not on Amazon. You can order it from my website 
you can order it by calling my office Monday or Tuesday. And we're going to be closed uh, from Wednesday afternoon through the holiday. So these are your ways to order. You can call 800-752-GROW by early after lunch on, on Wednesday. Better Monday or Tuesday. 800-752-4769. But the better way by far is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, thank you, Kelly, very, very much. We go back to the phone lines. We have two open lines, and we probably still get you on, 888-256-1080. We go to Jay in Holly, and Jay, where is Holly? Hello. Uh, we are up north of uh, Abilene, about uh, 13 miles between Abilene and Anson. All right, and that is H-O-L-L-Y? Oh, it's H-A-W-L-E-Y. Okay, got it. Thank you. Yes, sir. How can I help you? Uh, well, I'm, I'm calling. I've, uh, I live in what they call the shinery, and we've got a whole bunch of little oaks. I don't know if you call them post oaks or what, uh, but they kind of grow in little clusters. And uh, I've got a couple of real nice ones by my house, but the last couple of years I've noticed there's a bunch of little, uh, I guess some kind of boring insect is boring holes into the trunk. These are in and rows. I was uh, well, they're, they're they're just little uh, cluster of trunks of trees. Or you know, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang. No, that's uh, oh. those are yeah. A lot of uh, local people, a lot of veteran farmers, ranchers would call those shin oaks, and and that's yeah. hence the name shinery. Um, okay. No, I'm asking if the holes are in rows around the trunk, trunks. Oh, uh, they don't seem to be a pattern, but they're pretty ubiquitous. They are random, completely random. It's a critical answer uh, for you. I'll, you know what? Uh, I'm in the truck. I would have to go back and look to be able to answer that properly. I hadn't really. I will uh, I will give you an answer based on 45 years of answering 450,000 phone calls. I have okay. never had a call, I don't believe, where somebody said the holes are random on an oak trunk. I don't think I've ever had one where there were holes randomly arranged on an oak trunk. That would indicate borers, tree borers, okay. B-O-R-E-R. Um, I have had probably 3,000 calls where they were in rows like a machine gun had gone across the parallel to the ground across the trunk of the tree, and that is woodpeckers. Okay, this I'm inclined to think this is probably borers. Then because uh, I haven't seen any woodpeckers on it, and, and it goes all the way up and down the trunk for at least five or six foot. Yeah, and I have. It's right I outside have, my bedroom window, so I have. I uh, <laughs> okay, hang on just a second. I have. Uh, I have several hollies, uh, Nellie R. Stevens hollies that I have trained tree form that are right outside windows of our house. And I noticed one this morning that has had woodpeckers on it. Um, and I was thinking, what am I going to do? Because I have had one that was damaged by a woodpecker. Normally, woodpeckers are not any concern. I, I live Ooh. in a pecan forest. It has a lot of red oaks, and I've planted some live oaks. And they are riddled with woodpecker holes. I work outside, and I hear the woodpeckers calling, 
and I occasionally will hear them pecking, it is an extremely common bird, and, and these holes are very, very common. It's not something that you would necessarily hear or notice, even outside a window. Okay. And I don't want you to ruin, and they go up and down the trunk, but the holes are done left to right, right to however they go. I don't know if they're left-handed or right-handed, but okay. they don't indicate any problem, nor do they cause any problem. They come back and feed on the sap very often. They're sap-sucking insect, uh, uh, birds. And there's nothing you okay. need to worry about, nothing you need to do about them. Now, if it happens to be boars, it would have to be a really sick oak tree before the, the, the tree would be weakened enough that boars would move in. I'm not saying that boars won't move into an oak tree, but they are invited in by some kind of calamity. Either the tree is dying or it has been uh, injured by, uh, by a, a, an accident, a broken branch or something. But I'm going to have to know. That's why I said it's a very critical answer. I have to know if they're in rows or if they're random. Okay. I've given okay, well, you I've I, given I, you I, enough that you can figure it out on your own. Bore uh, yes, elimination sir. is very difficult, and I won't have an answer. There's no point in calling back. Uh, what can I spray okay. to kill the boars if it is boars? You're going to have to run a wire up in there if it is. But I think you're going to find those holes are superficial. Okay. All right, sir. Well, I All appreciate right. it very good much. Good deal. Good I'll luck with it. Thank you. That. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. calling. Have a good day. All right, let me get my last ad in, and we will uh, go from there. Uh, Neil Sperry's, uh, neilsperry.com is my website, and uh, that is where you can get that uh, Christmas offer for my book. It's a very good offer, and I hope you'll take advantage of it at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And uh, that's also where you see my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That's a big part of my website. That was a book, and the publisher went uh, bankrupt. Another reason I self-published this book, uh, the current book. Um, and uh, so I, I think you'll find a lot of help in that, uh, FAQ at uh, neilsperry.com. Also, it's where you sign up for my free electronic newsletter. All of that and so much more at neilsperry.com. Take a look at it, bookmark it, go back often. neilsperry.com. And uh, do consider ordering my book because it does make a great Christmas gift. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years, almost a century. Well, now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard, and that just opens up all kinds of possibilities. They're easy to assemble, bolt together greenhouses come in five sizes from six by nine to 12 by 21. They feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors to choose from. With hail resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company, a great company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com. Again, that's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877-268-3553, MuellerInc.com. Dot com. Mueller means greenhouses. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. And, uh, well, uh, folks, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Welcome to the program. We're glad to have you here every Saturday 
from uh, just a little after 11 until just a little before noon. And that means we're uh, going to run out of time here before long. Let's go to Sean in Abilene. Sean, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good to talk with you, Neil. Uh, and uh, have a have a question, uh, possibly, um, well, I would like to implement a, a bit of a butterfly additional bee-type uh, garden-type plantry, but I... It doesn't have to happen if if it can't where I am. So I've got a I've got a good problem where uh, the backyard is way too shady. Uh, the front yard up at the far front of the property, there is about the only spot that really gets a, a big spot at least that gets a lot of sun would be a section that I've already got a good bit of uh, Russian sage, probably fifty feet long and and four to six feet wide. Um, in a, in a rather large bed. Um, and, and I wonder what, what the possibility would be of, you know, the feed store or the garden center, uh, the, the seed, the wildflower seed, mixing that among and, um, having that come up and, and what, what your thinking would be there. Um, I, I don't think I would buy a mixture. I think I would create my own mixture from, uh, things that I know are well adapted. Uh, to, uh, uh, for example, to Abilene or to East Texas or to South, wherever a person is listening, uh, because yeah. that way you can have a much better chance of success. Um, if you go to neilspray.com, my homepage, I have a story on bees and birds and butterflies attracting wildlife uh, to the garden, okay. and I have a whole list of plants that will uh, do that for uh, uh, bees and, and butterflies. Um there, there are some wonderful plants that are very colorful and, and are favorites. And it's not just uh, for pollination in the case of butterflies. It's also uh, food crops. You need to think about plants that uh, the butterflies like to eat. Uh, and I don't, I don't remember always. I, I need to do my research and, and bring myself back up to speed. But, um, you know, black swallowtails love parsley, for example. I had a, I used parsley as a bed edging one year. It was just a beautiful bed edging. And next thing I knew, I had caterpillars eating it. Oh, no. And I looked to see what they uh were. Well, they're black swallowtails. And I'm not going to hurt those. So I just said, okay, rather have the black swallowtails than the parsley. I'll find another bed edging. And, uh, and it, it worked out fine. Um, passion vine, uh, was it the, Pipe vine swallowtail. I, I don't know all the insects as well as I should the butterflies, but each, uh, you know, there are just a lot of things that that can be good food sources. So do that homework as well. But I don't yeah. think planting a mix well, is going to be your best bet. Okay, appreciate that. One one uh, concern I guess I had was that I know my Russian sage, you know, don't like a lot of water, um, and so you know I didn't want to plant. Um, things that would that would want a decent bit of water especially getting seed started and then possibly rot out my russian sage which have been there for oh goodness uh, 15 18 years i mean they, they, you know they die off but then others uh self-plant and come up and replace them and and so i mean it's been a successful sea of purple and i don't want to, to rot them out giving them too much water to I, I don't think I would want, you, I think you said 50 feet. I don't think I'd want more than three or four feet of any one pollinator. 
um, or four or five feet because so much of the year it would be down. You can have a butterfly yeah. garden that has color all year long by, by having 15 different uh, flowering plants that bloom at various times. If you get okay. lantana, if you get uh, the uh, false ageratum, if you get uh, things of that sort that bloom at different seasons, uh, you you get a just a nice blend of things that will and pentas you, that will bloom all through the season. And ah, I, I think okay, well, a couple of good examples because I know the lantana and the pentas both would bloom for a, a long, good time. long time. Yeah, I'm out of time. You okay. can hear the music starting. All right, but, thank you. Look at look at the homepage of my website. It has a, a really good okay. story that will be right up the alley, folks. I have enjoyed right, being thanks. with you very very much, Jared uh, Taylor. Nice job on keeping the program uh, upright and. And on the track, I appreciate that. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll be live next Saturday, same time, same station. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.